Amen. All right. Um, let's see, before I let the kids go, I, Brent and I would just like to say again, thank you so much for the gift from last week of, uh, boy, I, I should have brought it up here, probably not everyone got to see. Matter of fact, Jamie and Scott were telling me afterwards, so what was in the bag? I was like, <laughs> I, I thought you guys shopped for that. What do you mean? I, you guys spent days looking for a gift for us. But oh boy, yes. So anyway, uh, really appreciate that. So yeah, we, we, we got a, a beautiful cross and, and uh, gift certificates for movies and, and dinner. So anyway, we look forward to spending some time together doing that. So thank you so much for all your kindness to us. You guys out bless us all the time. I tell you what, it's just an honor to, to be here with you and serve the Lord with you. Um, and uh, just good to be part of the family here. So um, let's see. And with that, let's see, kiddos, if you'd like to be dismissed for Children's Church, you can follow Miss Brenda out the back there, and for the rest of us, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to turn and finish up in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we're just going to cover that very last verse in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and then we're going to go on to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm really excited about it. Let's see if I can... Sometimes I get so excited I talk too much, you know what I'm saying? So let's see... See if today I can talk just enough and not be so excited that I don't leave us enough time to get through it all. So um, with that, though, let's take a little time this morning and pray. And uh, this is, um, I just always want to encourage you guys, it's not just my time to pray, right? This is all of our time here to pray and just ask the Lord. Um, sometimes the Lord's got to kind of penetrate a, a busy heart in us. Sometimes He's got to penetrate a, a, a tired uh, mind and a tired spirit. Sometimes the Lord's got to penetrate a um, a wayward heart in us sometimes, and let's just pray this morning that, that whatever the message is for you this morning, and I believe the Lord speaks just very very individually to us, doesn't he? Um, sometimes I, my, the best sermons I preach were is where someone will come up to me after the service and say, oh, when you said this, then that really meant something to me, and I, I never said that, but sometimes the Lord speaks to us anyway, amen? Uh, that's the best. So anyway, let's just take the time, and as I pray, you just pray quietly, Lord, there for the Lord to speak to you this morning. Heavenly Father, um, Lord, as, we, uh, as, as, swing, as the fall kind of picks up in its swing of, of busyness and, and things going on, and, and Lord, as we uh, find ourselves at different, different periods of, in our walk with you, Lord God, sometimes we're, we're on mountaintops, sometimes we're in valleys, sometimes we're walking very, very near to you, very close to you, Lord. Sometimes we find that we've, we've kind of fallen back and we're not following you as closely as we want to be. But Father, regardless, this morning we need your voice. We need to hear from your word. We need to hear, Lord, what you're doing in our lives and what you're doing around us and what your desire is for us. What, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? Where, you, where do you want us to be? And so, Father, I just pray in our, in our tiredness, Lord God, that you would awaken our hearts, revive us this morning. I pray, Lord God, for, um, for those, for if we've not been following closely to you, Lord God, I pray that you would, that you would penetrate our hearts and, and just draw us near to you this morning. Um, Lord God, for those of us who have many concerns this morning, things with loved ones, things for ourselves, things with our finances, things in our marriage, things with our children, Lord, penetrate through those things because we believe, even though we don't act like it sometimes, we believe that, that what we hear from you and what we understand from you is even more important than what we have going on. In fact, what we hear from you and your word and the encouragement we get from you, Lord God, helps us to deal with all the other stuff. And so, Father, would you speak to us this morning? Would you speak to us each individually? Would you, would you open our hearts? Would you, by your Holy Spirit that indwells every one of us who believe in you, would you speak to us and teach us what your word is and what your desire is for us? We need your word. We need that freshness of, of your word. We need that freshness of direction. We need to know, Lord, again, that, that you have a purpose and a calling in our lives, Lord God. It's in Jesus' great name that we pray. Amen. Amen.
All right, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, here we're going to finish this off from last week. I, um, we talked so much about the Old and the New Covenant, and, and Paul's defending um, himself in, in this letter to the Corinthians, and he's, he's wanting to tell them, look, I, I don't care what other people are teaching you in Corinth, these false teachers. I don't care what they're teaching you. What I have taught you is the New Covenant and the glory of the New Covenant and the glory of the Gospel, and that's what you are to believe. All right, so in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, that Paul's just going through and he's comparing the new covenant against the old covenant. And he says the new covenant is glorious and the new covenant is in ever increasing glory. And he finishes chapter 3 like this. He says in verse 18, follow along with me. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Okay, let me, let me pause there. We're, we're just going to finish that up. And, and the things that I'd like to remind you of this morning, I want to talk to you. I've been talking to you in 2 Corinthians about spiritual leadership. What's it look like? What's it mean? And Paul gives us so much here in, in 2 Corinthians. It's just so incredible about what he's talking and teaching to the Corinthians. And, you know, we read, uh, or we'll read in chapter 5, perhaps, chapter 6, chapter, I can't remember where it is. Yeah, but at the end of chapter 6, he's just telling them, it, you know, he's gone and he's gone to Corinth a few times. He sent some of, the, some of the brothers with him. They've gone back to Corinth. He's written now, the Second Corinthians is actually, we think, his fourth letter to the Corinthians. And he's just, he just pulling at them. He's just saying, believe in what I'm telling you. It's the truth. Believe in my message, not because it's me, but because it's the message that's true. Believe in this gospel because it's true. And in the end of chapter 6, he's going to say, I've opened, we've opened our hearts to you. Now open your hearts to us. And you just see this raw emotion. And if you will, Paul just kind of lets down his hair and he says, listen, I've loved you. I've taught you. I've been your spiritual father. Now just open your heart to me and believe and listen to what I'm telling you. Such incredible um, personalness in this in this letter that he that he's saying, but anyway, in 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 uh, in Second Corinthians chapter three, he's just defending the message that he's given them, the the truth of it all, the truth of it all, and how glorious it is, and that this is the message that he's given them. And in the end of verse three or chapter three, I'm sorry, he says, "We who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into." His likeness. Now, I know we don't talk about a lot about this in Sunday school. I know somehow this is missing in our in our uh, in some of our curriculum and some of our teaching. But God's plan was to send a redeemer who was He Himself to turn people and to transform them, transform them from their fallen nature into the likeness of God. And by that, God is glorified. When you and I begin to look more and more like Jesus, whom we follow. God is glorified because look what he's done in my life and look what he's done in your life. He's changed us and he's transformed us where our hearts were darkened before, where we followed in deeds of darkness, where, where we walked away from God, where we, um, where we did our own thing and we turned our back on the glory and the authority of God and now we turn ourselves toward him and he toward, turns uh, us toward him. That is glorifying to God to see, look what he's done in a life. And can I say this morning? Look what he's done in your life. Look what he's done in my life. It is a glorious thing, and he is honored and glorified when we look more and more like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
Amen. This was his intention all along that he might make a people who were like him. That when he called us sons and daughters, it would be because we were like him. Like we, we had a resemblance to our God and our Father. Amen. Amen. So, um, in, uh, the, so the first point I'd like to leave, leave you with, or maybe the last one from last week, is this. Spiritual leaders grow in likeness to Christ actively and intentionally. Right? Let, let me say... In your life, whether you know it or not all the time, the Holy Spirit is directing you toward this goal, to look more like Christ. In your life, when you pick up the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit is using it in your life to direct you to look and to be and to act more like Jesus Christ. These influences are are at work in you all the time, and it is the power of God in you all the time, no matter what you're going through, no matter you're going through you, you know, mountains or valleys, no matter if you're going through sin, if you're struggling with sin, no matter if you're going through problems in your relationships, no matter if you're going through financial struggles, no matter if you're, growing, if you're really having a really great time with the Lord, no matter what, the Holy Spirit and His Word and God's direction and His calling on you is to push you and direct you and to make you more and more like His Son, no matter what else you think is going on in your life. This is true. This is God's calling, and what God calls us to and what God does always comes about. This is His desire for us, and He's put influences in your life to make it so. Amen? And thank goodness, because if it were up for me, I'd be like one step forward and two steps back. You know what I'm saying? But this is God's will, and this is God's action, and this is the power of the Holy Spirit in you and I. He is causing us to be more like His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, I added a couple of words there. Spiritual leaders grow in likeness to Christ actively and intentionally. Listen, people who are spiritual leaders get it. I, they understand. Look, I know the direction my life is supposed to be heading, and it's not supposed to be, you know, more like uh, uh, um, some movie star that everyone idolizes. It's not supposed to be someone who's, you know, incredibly talented in this, that, or the other. If so, fine. But my goal is to look more and to be more and to act more like Jesus Christ right? Spiritual leaders get that. They understand that that's what my intention is. And so, you know, the old story, how the old uh, illustration goes, right? You ever see those guys that like uh, carve, um, take a log and they use a chainsaw and they carve out a bear, you know, or something crazy with it. And people ask, well, how do you do it? Well, I take away everything that doesn't look like bear. That's what's happening in our lives, right? Is that God's always sculpting, always taking away those things in those areas in our lives, those sins, those areas of stronghold, those areas of pride, those areas of arrogance. And he's stripping them away all the time to make us more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And those people who are spiritually in tune, who understand their role and their responsibility as leaders, understand that they are to be growing actively, intentionally, to look more and more like Jesus Christ. Okay, having said that, let me just tell you, there are some things that belong in your life if you're trying to look more like Jesus Christ, right? There are some things that ought to be there if you're trying to look more like Jesus Christ, all right? Tell me, tell me some of those things. What are those? Prayer, yes, yeah, right, obviously, right? I mean, Jesus went and prayed all the time, right? All the time when you read the Gospels, Jesus went to a solitary place and prayed. If you want to look like, more like Jesus Christ, you have to be in prayer. We have to have, and not just be in prayer, but understand that my life as a believer depends on this, that my power to continue depends on me inter- going to the Lord and interceding for my behalf and on behalf of my family or behalf of my children, behalf of my wife, behalf of my grandchildren, whatever it is to intercede on their behalf and, and, and to know that, boy, m- my whole life, my whole experience with the Lord depends on, on my prayer life. really does. What else? 
What are the things belong in your life if you're going to follow, be following the likeness of, of Christ? In this way, they will know you're my disciples if you love one another. If you love me, you will obey my commands. Yeah, yeah. By obeying the Lord, there's just some things that are going to be there. You're going to be obedient. You're going to want to be obedient to what the Lord's called you to, and you're going to want to show love to each other, right? God is unlike any other God in all the universe, little g God. Uh, unlike any other little g God in the universe, he says, you love me, show them, right? Serve them. Love them, right? Um, and so there's going to be a lifestyle of love, a lifestyle that so shows that people aren't, that, that you're not just focused on yourself. You're focused actually on, on serving the Lord well by loving other people. What else? Yeah, humility. That's, that's huge. Yeah, it's exactly what we're getting to there, right? Isn't it? Is it uh, is a recognition that I'm not this one. That is Jesus Christ. I'm here and I just want to look like him. I just want to be like him. He's my hero, you know? <laughs> I just want to be like him. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he's the one I look to. That's right. What else? Anything? Oh, yes, patience and tolerance. That's right. And, and, and understanding, too, you know, some of that is that I, I'm not there. I'm never really going to get there in this life. But the more I reflect the Lord's glory, the more honored the Father is. Amen. And, so, and patience with ourselves that we know that we're just not going to get there. We're always going to be dependent on the Lord for this. He's always going to have to be the one to work it out. But uh, we can be patient in, in the journey and knowing that he's the one who's doing the work. Okay, the last thing I'd like to say about this before we move to 2 Corinthians 5 is this, is that you can't lead people to a place where you're not going. Okay, this is just a really simple truth, isn't it? You can't lead other people to a place where you're not going. So, men in your family, you cannot lead your, 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 your family spiritually to a place where you're not going. In other words, if you're neglecting all these other things that we've talked about, you're not going to be successful in leading your family there. All right? you, you, you just can't go there. Um, ladies, right, for your, for your children and, 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 and grandparents for your grandchildren and, and those, you know, with your friends, you know, with your, with your co-workers, um, you have to be in tune with these things. You have to understand where you're going. You have to be in the scriptures. You have to be in prayer because you can't lead someone where you're not going, right? You can't do it, okay? So your family is struggling spiritually. Uh, let me guess, you're probably struggling spiritually too, right? You're probably struggling spiritually too. Um, it's just very true and, and very uh, very true and very sobering, isn't it? Uh, but you can't lead people to a place where you're not going. So, um, you know, one of the things that th- this is this is difficult for me and something I've really have to be really disciplined about. You know, when I read the scriptures or when I hear a good illustration or when I hear a song that is really uh, moving to me uh, about the Lord, the first thing uh, that's that that is. Um, um, the first time I at, thing I'm apt to do is, oh, I've got to include that in a sermon, right? I, I've learned this is wrong. This is bad, right? The first thing is I need to apply this in my life. I need to apply this in my heart. I, 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 need, to, I, need, to be, I, I need to be far more journaling and, and taking in what the Lord's doing um, and then what I, I'm, I'm able to teach is just overflow from that, not the other way around, not that I just take so that I can just spit it back out. No, first thing, I need to be transformed. And if I'm transformed, then, then uh, the people around me are going to be transformed as well. Amen. And that's spiritual leadership. But it's difficult. You know, if you teach, and let me just warn you guys who teach, if you teach, it's very easy to get into this thing. Oh, that's so good. I've got to include that. And I said, no, 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 no. It's you and the Lord first. That's your number one priority is the transformational work of the Lord. The transformational relationship that you're in with the Lord comes first. Your service comes second, right? 
Your service comes second, always, always. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, skip down with me to verse 11, and uh, let's see what we can get done here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and uh, we're just going to jump in right there. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 11. Okay, um, okay, I'm not going to give you, be able to give you a lot of background here, but let's just jump in. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. Here, so what's Paul doing here again? He's still defending his ministry. It's actually going to go on for another chapter. Paul's still defending his ministry, written four letters, been there several times, sent some of the brothers to be with him, um, and he's still having to defend his ministry. So anyway, still here in verse 5, he's defending his ministry. Since we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. He's saying, what's our motivation? We fear God. It's the reason why we do what we do, because we fear him and we know what it is to fear him. We want to serve him well. So what is plain to God, and I hope is plain to your conscience, we are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. Okay, I'm not going to go into a lot of explanation there. We'll just have to go on. Um, in verse 14, for Christ's love compels us that we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who should live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. Okay, let me pause there for just, a, just another moment here um, in verse 14 where it says basically, yeah, spiritual leaders are compelled by Christ's love. Okay, this is different like any other organization, right? You ever work with anyone who's in leadership or in authority in places because they want to be most important? No, that never happens, right? Um, yeah, it happens all the time. It happens in business especially, hopefully not in the church uh, because that's not, the, that's not how leadership looks in the church, right? Leadership looks like service in the church, right? That's how the Lord Jesus described leadership, amen? Amen? That's true. Okay. Um, but, um, but here what he says is, is that, is that our, the reason we're compelled, the thing that motivates us, Paul says, and Paul's talking about himself. He's talking about Timothy. He's talking about other people who are in the faith who, who have gone or going to Corinth or gone or going to other churches like Ephesus, Timothy and Ephesus and whatnot. But in all of those things, he says, we and all of us, the, thing, the reason we do the things that we do is that we are compelled by Christ's love. It compels us. It, 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 because we love Christ so much or because Christ has loved us so much that it compels us, it motivates us. The, the word compels there is, is controls or, or we're ruled by. In other words, it's dictating our behavior. The love of Christ is so great in our lives that it controls what we do. It rules over how we live. It, it, it changes the motivation in our life. Amen? So great is the love of Christ in our lives that it controls and rules and compels our behavior. It's the reason, Paul says, that we do this ministry. It's the reason that we're here. It's the reason that we do it. And listen to what he says, because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and, was, and who was raised again. Listen, They've been so moved by the gospel, by this truth that Jesus Christ, 
who did nothing wrong ever, right? Who was deserving of over only praise and glory, but instead took on our punishment and humiliation. Was such an incredible uh, moral hero, was such an incredible virtuous hero that they, they were so moved and so transformed by his love for them that he says it's controlled, it's ruled over, and it's compelled the whole rest of our lives. It's changed our focus. It's changed our lives. It's changed our, 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 our purpose in life where we want to minister the gospel to other people. We want to teach them and tell them it's the reason that we're doing this is because we're compelled by this great love. You know, one of the reasons why you and I need to be in our scriptures and one of the reasons why we need to be in prayer is because you need to be as compelled as these guys are. You, you need to know how deep was the love of God that he, died for, that he sent Jesus Christ to die for you. How big was that love? Listen, you need to wrestle with that. You, you need to take some time and, and you need to journal about that. You need to think about that. You need to spend time because it needs to go from up here to being in here. It needs to be a life-changing thing that's happened in you and not just some event in your past. So great is Christ's love for me that what? So great has, have I seen this, this incredible heroic act that Jesus Christ did for me that what? What's going on in your life? What did it change? What is it doing? How's it changed your behavior? How's it controlled and ruled over what you do? If it hasn't much, you need to spend some time there. You need to spend some time there with the Lord in prayer and saying, Lord, show me what it is. Show me what you've done. Remind me how great your love was for me that you laid down your own life so that I could be reconciled to you, so that I could have a restored relationship with the Father. Tell me, teach me about that kind of love because right now it's not making much of a difference. Listen, it needs to make all the difference in your life. Amen? Matter of fact, in all the pursuits in all the world, this is the only one that motivates me very much, <laughs> right? I, I, I mean, there's just not many other pursuits that compare to this, are there? I mean, there's some great things that we could do out there. You know, we could, we could just serve the community well, which is fine. That's great. We, you know, you could, you could be involved in, in, in getting really physically fit and really muscled up. That's, that's fine. That's great. You could really spend a lot of time advancing in your career. Fine. Great. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But a life that's motivated by the great love of God to be able to, what we're going to see here in just a minute, reconcile other people to God just like you and I have been reconciled. That's motivating. That gets me excited. That makes me, that's something that I can get up for because I think this is the one purpose for which I would give my life. This is the one thing. No matter what I do, and you know, I know, you, you guys know me. You know I, I, I'm bivocational, right? You guys know that I work outside of, of pastoring here. None of that compares to being able to, to lead someone to Christ. It just doesn't, none of that compares to be able to go alongside another believer when they're down and just encourage them, but, you know, to remember the love of God. No matter how far they fall, to remember the love of God. I got to run into Isaac Kim yesterday. You remember Isaac? He's the eldest son of Pastor Kim who passed away, uh, what's that been, about a month ago. And I ran into Isaac and, and I, you know, I asked him about his family, asked him about his mom, and uh, asked him how they were doing. He said, it's tough, 
but, but we're making it. We're spending a lot of time in prayer together. And I said, listen, I just want to tell you, brother, I just want you to be encouraged because I've told your story and how precious your faith is to never doubt the love of God despite the loss of your dad at such a young age. Isaac must be 17 or something. Um, and, and he has three younger brothers. Um, and I said, let me, I want to tell you that people have been encouraged by your faith. How very simply that despite through all of this stuff that's going on in your life, despite your dad being taken away, how I would just want, to, want you to know how encouraging it is and how encouraging it is to the faith of other people to know that you don't doubt the love of God despite this thing, right? I wanted to encourage him because he's been encouraging other people. Listen, uh, uh, this, what a great thing. What a great testimony, amen? What a great, you know, it's one thing to pray and say, you know, I was in trouble and the Lord rescued me and I got out of trouble. Quite another testimony is that said, we were in trouble, we struggled, and the Lord just had to carry us through it. That's a much more powerful testimony, isn't it? It's to say that, listen, there, there was no escape, there was no getting out of this. We just had to buckle down and we just had to believe in the Lord's goodness and He's carrying us through it and He's going to bring, He's in power, He's somehow going to help us through it and we don't know how, I don't have the strength, I don't know how I'm going to do it, I don't know how we're going to get through this, but somehow the Lord in His goodness is going to see us through that's powerful, isn't it? That, that's the kind of thing that's motivating to us even more than when the Lord just reaches in and rescues us is when the Lord reaches in and just carries us through it. Okay, um, where are we at? Verse 15, we just kind of finished off. Um, spiritual leaders are compelled by Christ's love. Compelled by Christ's love. And, and boy, yeah. So, so we're not compelled by other reasons. We're not compelled for selfishness. We're not compelled for something else. We're compelled to serve because we know the Lord's love. Because the Lord's love has changed us. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. What does that mean? I don't exactly know. I think part of it is what he's saying is that, you know, you could look at the life of Christ and you can say, yeah, he was a, he was a carpenter's son, grew up impoverished, did some great teaching, but what else is he? Right? There's a way to look at Jesus Christ's life like the History Channel does, for example. It says, yes, he was all these great things, but he was not glorious. Right? Um, I, I think he's glorious. Amen? You think he's glorious? You, this is a good, great time for you to jump up and dance around in the sanctuary. All right. I just, want to just point that out that I gave you another opportunity this week. All right. Therefore, you guys are so uptight. You're just like me. Okay, therefore, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, listen to this. This is, this is so great. Here he talked about he, that Jesus died for people who deserve to die, but he died instead. And in verse 17, he's going to say this, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. I can't tell you the difference. And here you've heard me talk about this verse a lot, but I can't tell you the difference in, in Paul's language that he's trying to make here. He's saying the old is gone. It's done away with. And it's been replaced not by something that's been remade, not by something that was old and then kind of refurbished. It is something brand new. It is, it, he uses the word new creation. It means like something, something out of nothing, something that exists today that didn't exist yesterday because Jesus Christ has moved in and has taken all that that was old and he's done away with it forever. And now you have new life. And now you are a new creation. And now today you are someone who you weren't yesterday. And it is from that moment forward when Jesus Christ comes into a life, it is brand new. And what is old is gone and what is new has come. 
what a great and glorious thing. Listen, when someone comes to Christ, but we don't see it, do we? When someone comes to Christ, change is usually terribly slow, isn't it? Okay, it wasn't my life anyway. Change is terribly slow, but, but from the time that Jesus Christ moves in, there's a change that will have an effect, and it's going to happen. They're going to be changed. They're, they're going to be new. They're going to have, they already have new life, and, and, and uh, boy, it's just going to continue for the rest of their life. In verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, in the middle of verse 18, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I don't know how to, let me tell you just real quickly about the reconciliation, what that term means. The term reconcile was used to talk about an exchange, right? So you might travel from another country and you would go to a place and you would have your money exchanged for the local currency. That's what this term reconcile means. It's, it's where you take something and you exchange it for something else. It could also talk about like, uh, like in war where two parties came together, two, two, two kingdoms came against each other. They battled, they took prisoners, and then they came back together in some treaty and they say, okay, let's give each other each other's prisoners back. And they would exchange prisoners back, right? That's the term. It means exchange. It means to, to trade in. Well, what in the world does that have to do with your life and my life in Jesus Christ? It's because of this. You're living, if you're in Jesus Christ, you have a reconciled life, right? Before, the Bible teaches that before you came to Jesus Christ, you were actually in enmity or hatred with God. That your relationship with, the, with him w- w- was blocked by this gigantic wall that was between you that wouldn't allow for this, any relationship, any, 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 uh, any relationship whatsoever. But now there's been an exchange. Now your relationship that was blocked off by your sin, when that sin was removed, now you've been reconciled. Now your relationship with the Lord is different. Now you've been restored. So you go from hatred and enmity to all of a sudden Jesus Christ comes into your life. He forgives all of your sin. He removes that wall that was blocking your relationship with the Lord and He takes that all away. And now you stand before God in a restored relationship like Adam and Eve walked about in the Garden of Eden before the fall. It's been restored. There's been an exchange that's happened and it's happened through Jesus Christ. He has reconciled you to God. But not only that, here's the next kind of part. It's like Jesus came in and we were bound up in prison. And he came in and he came and he unlocked your cell door and he set you free. Amen? And then he took the key and he gave it to you and he said, set them free too. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, what he's done in our life, he wants to see us um, um, administer in the life of other people. He wants to see us carry out that in other people so that you and I can go to other people and say, uh, you know, uh, in people who are struggling in their, in, their, in their life, people are struggling, you know, in their young life, kind of figuring out what the Lord's calling them to or what they're doing or what life's all about, to come into their life and to say, let me show you what the purpose that I have is that I've got a restored relationship with my Heavenly Father. It's those of you who are in marriage and, and you've had struggles in your marriage and you talk to someone else who's struggling in their marriage and, and they, you find that, the, that things are hopeless for them and they don't know a way out and the only thing they can think about now is, is either fighting or divorce and for you to step into their life and say, let me tell you the hope that I have because Jesus Christ has come into my life. 
And he's restored my relationship with my heavenly father. And he restored my relationship, my wife's relationship with her heavenly father. We were able to work things out, right? It's to be able to step alongside, beside someone who's, who's struggling with their health or has someone in their family who's struggling with their health or someone who's passed on. And they, and they wonder how they're going to make it. They wonder how they're going to make it through the process. It's to be able to step in to, beside them and say, let me tell you about the God who hears me. Let me tell you, when I pray, I know he hears me because he's claimed me as one of his children. Let me tell you about the reconciliation that's happened in my life. Spiritual leaders have a message. Be reconciled to God. Let me tell you just real quickly, and then we'll wrap up here. But, um, you know, being reconciled to God is not just a one-time event, is it? It's a constant thing. It's, 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 it's in your life, it's declaring what Jesus Christ has already done. There are times in your life and there are times in my life that we wander away from God because, I, I don't know, because we're human, because we're made of dust, right? Because we, are, we, we still struggle with these sinful bodies. And so there's always this struggle to be reconciled to God, to remember what Jesus Christ has done, to remember that he's restored our relationship with the Lord. Listen, moms and dads of children, this is something so important for you to teach your kids because there's no love like this on, in the world, is there? It, it is so hard for them to get this unconditional love that the Lord has for us. Everyone who grows up who's a Christian thinks at some point in their life that they, grew, they gave their life to Christ, they blew it at some time in their life, and they wandered off, and now what hope do they have, right? Listen, the hope that they have was the hope that they have had, and you and I have had all along, is that Jesus Christ has put away all of your sin. And now when Jesus, when, when God the Father looks at you, he's not seeing your sin. It's done. It's been done away with. He doesn't deal with you in terms of your sin anymore because the work of Jesus Christ is complete and he does not deal with us in regards to our sin anymore. We stand before him over and over and over and over again, righteous because of the life of Jesus Christ. That's pretty good news, isn't it? Teach your child, children what it is to be reconciled to God. Teach them what it means. Show them what it means is that no matter what has happened in your life, no matter what you've fallen into, if you're a believer, this relationship has been restored and there's no, no power on earth that can break it. Amen? What God has established, right? What God has established, it, it, it can't be broken. Last thing I want to say is this. Um, let's see. All this is from God who reconciled us uh, to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling himself to, the Christ, um, to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, implore, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What great, great, powerful, um, what a powerful gospel we have. What a powerful story, what a, what a powerful Savior we have in Jesus Christ. Spiritual leaders are Christ's ambassadors, no longer representing themselves, but Christ. Let me finish this by saying this, is that if you're a spiritual leader, you've got to recognize is that you're not your own anymore. You're not just there to make a name for yourself. You're not just there to receive recognition. You're not just there to receive whatever. You're there as a representative of the king. 
Like an ambassador is a representative of an authority. You are a representative to your family. You've been sent as a representative to your friends. You've been sent as a representative to your neighbors. You've been sent as a representative to your coworkers. You've been sent as a representative to your children, to your grandchildren, to represent God to them. That's a, that's a pretty powerful role, isn't it? Pretty amazing role. Pretty amazing thing. Not that we're worthy of any of that, but it's pretty simple. All we got to tell is what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in our lives. Amen? All we got to do is remind people, let me tell you how he's reconciled me. All right. Let's close and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that we have this great reconciliation. We thank you that you've brought us through it all. We thank you, Lord God, that you have uh, called us out, that you have set us free. And Lord, that then you gave those keys to our shackles. You gave them to us and you told us, now you go and you tell them, I'm not holding people's sins against them anymore if they come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and they can be reconciled to me. We can have new relationship. We can, have, we can be a new creation. We can have new hope and new purpose and a new calling on our lives. Lord God, help us in this church. Help us, the, the leaders in this church, help us as elders and deacons and teachers in this church to carry out this message to the people here and in church. But help us also, Lord, in our families. Help every one of us in our families, to our children, to our grandchildren, to carry out this message of reconciliation that you can be restored to your heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. There is hope for us. There is hope. Uh, there is hope for anyone who would come to the Lord Jesus Christ um, that they could be restored. Lord, we thank you for this great gospel. We thank you for its power. I pray, Lord God, that you would, you would spend time with us, that we would spend time with you, Lord God, that you could, you could help us to be compelled by your love, that we could be compelled by the fear of God to carry out this message, message to the people around us. It's in the great name of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks for being here this week. It's great to see you guys. Y'all have a great week.